How's it going, everybody? Just finished watching The Mandalorian Episode 7. Uh, I wasn't planning on staying up and watching it, but I've been working on writing my book, and I was already up, and it was like, well, I'm not going to fall asleep in an hour and a half. So I figured I might as well just stay up and watch it. And I also wasn't attending on making a review right away. But here we are, because I got to talk about this. So spoilers if you haven't watched episode 7 of The Mandalorian yet. Um, or if you don't care about spoilers, then feel free to stick around. But uh, if you don't want it spoiled, spoilers. Um, that out of the way. We're jumping in, so if you're here, then don't come complain to me. Um, this episode wrecked me. It absolutely wrecked me emotionally. I didn't expect it to hit me this way. So first off, before we talk about the ending, let's talk about, like, the first three quarters. I'd be as someone who loves Mandalorian culture. And this is the thing that I keep going back to with this season. I understand, and I agree to a point, that some of the editing choices, some of the... um, why story some story elements are put here versus there, and that kind of stuff. I understand this season seems a little bit wonky. Because it's a little bit wonky to me, too. But... Um... Two things that I always go back to. One, above all else, for me, is I'm a Mandalorian guy. Mandalorian culture has always been my thing. And so whether it's done 100% right or not great at all, I love it. I eat this shit up. I will eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, I, I just don't care. Like, I love seeing... Mandalorian armor and I love seeing the culture and that's why I think as wonky as the editing has been in this season this really has been my favorite season of the show. I still will say from a from a objective point of view season 2 is probably the best season out of the show. I mean we've got one episode left to go this season. We'll see what I think after next season because it completely could go up to first place but I definitely will say from an objective point of view in terms of structure season two has been the best and then season one and then this one for sure I'm not going to argue with anybody but I just love everything that we've gotten in this season so far just we've never gotten this kind of stuff in live action Star Wars ever or even like you know I mean we kind of got it in the Clone Wars we got a little bit of Mando stuff and Rebels but you know, not like this though, you know, and I just think it's really cool. And then the other, the other thing about this season is to me, I, when it comes to Star Wars, and there are some other franchises that I'm this way too, but since we're talking about Star Wars, we'll stick with Star Wars. But when it comes to Star Wars, to me, it's all one big universe. And so you know, jumping around from this storyline or this planet to that planet or this or that or whatever. Like, I don't care if the show is called Ahsoka and we spend three-fourths of the show talking about Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if the show is called The Mandalorian. And yes, 
the Mandalorian that we got introduced to in season one is Din Djarin, but I don't fucking care if we're spending the whole season with Bo-Katan or Paz Vizsla or whoever the fuck. Like, it's Star Wars. It's an expansive universe. Like, you know, yes, Din Djarin is the lens that we're seeing this story play out through, but he's not the only fucking character and Navarro is not the only fucking planet in this universe. And so I will never understand people's complaint of, ooh, that chorus episode was weird. Or, ooh, I don't know if we needed that episode with Jack Black and Lizzo last week. It's like, it's all Star Wars. Just like, have fun. Like, stop thinking about it so... You're being tunnel visioned. Like, you're you're looking at this with tunnel vision. Just, like, chill out. Uh, so the first, like... This episode was so fun. Just seeing a bunch of Mandalorians. Like, we're finally seeing Bo's crew and Din's crew team up together and form a true alliance. And it was really, really cool. Um, the one thing I still don't know about, and I don't know if anyone else caught on to this, unless I missed something. I mean... I didn't get up to go to the bathroom or get snacks or anything. Like, I watched the episode all the way through. I'm sitting here in my chair. So I don't think I missed any dialogue. But the name of the episode was The Spies. And so, yes, we open up the episode with Fuckface Magoo, I can't think of her name, from the other Coruscant episode. And yes, we see Gideon talk to all of the generals. They mention Thrawn. We get all that. And then at the end, we get all the Imperial um, Mandalorians or whatever. But, like, who's the spies? So, you know, I saw this theory going around like a week or two ago. Or maybe it was longer than that. It might have been even, like, within the first three episodes. But I saw this theory going around that a lot of people think the armor is not as trustworthy as she seems. And I gotta say, I don't think so. But after this episode, it's making me wonder. She seemed pretty... I mean, look, this could just be like her being a good leader. But she seemed pretty gung-ho about, hey, I'll take the wounded back. Don't worry about me. Yuck, yuck. You know? Uh... And the the choice the the specific choice of camera angles and shots as she's flying back to the fleet seemed really ominous to me for some reason. And you know the music cues and like other things in the show didn't make it seem um, nefarious, but the but the 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 choice of camera angle was the only thing that was that's making that made me kind of go I don't know about this this seems kind of sketchy so are we gonna find out in, in the finale that like maybe the armor has made in cahoots with the empire like I don't know I don't know but you know it was fun seeing sort of that like land ship with those Mandalorians that had decided to stay on Mandalore um, you know, all of that was so cool. It's so just the visuals, you know, the whole time 
it sort of reminded me, I forget the name of the planet, but if you guys have seen the movie The Chronicles of Riddick, the sequel to Pitch Black with Vin Diesel, um, the planet that they're on when they escape the jail, spoilers for Chronicles of Riddick, but in part of the movie, Riddick gets captured and there's a bunch of people with him and they escape, but they're on this planet where like, if the sun touches you, you die, basically. And so there's this whole sequence where they're trying to get away. And that's what these shots of Mandalore made me think of. It made me think of that that planet in Chronicles of Riddick. I just, I loved the visuals of it. Um, but, uh, which it made me think of that in, like, the first episode where we see it at the beginning of the season. Don't get me wrong. But the shots in particular really added to, wow, this really does make me think of Riddick when I see this. Um... But let's talk about the elephant in the room, man. And you know, my buddy that I normally get to talk about all things Star Wars with um, doesn't currently have Disney Plus, so we haven't been able to talk about this season of Mandalorian. But, you know, I have... You know, the second they opened, or pretty much opened, season three with Paz's son getting his helmet and being baptized into the clan. I had a bad feeling about that. You know? Um, and again, there was there's there's nothing in Mandalorian, there's nothing in Star Wars or anything like that that kind of tipped the hat or anything. It literally is... I have just watched so many different TV shows and so many different movies over the years... I just kick I just pick up on cues. I just pick up on cues. Like you have to be really sneaky with something for me not to catch up on what you're putting down. Um and you know the second we open up the season with that, I th- thought that either the kid or Paz would not make it. Ragnar, I think he said he's kid. Like I, I thought for sure that either Ragnar our Paz was not going to make it out of the season. And then, you know, the episode where the kid gets kidnapped, I thought, oh, well, okay, here it is. You know, kid's not going to make it. But no, the kid's okay. So then, you know, when the kid was safe, I was like, okay, well, Paz was definitely not making it out of this season then. And then, of course, you know, we had the last couple weeks and we're like, okay, okay, you know, waiting, waiting. And then tonight, or this morning, and it's like, um, okay, so Paz is dead. Um, I, um, you know, I, I have loved Paz Vizsla this whole entire season. I loved the choices that Filoni and Favreau, um, have made for this character. I mean, really, he's really, at least as of right now, I mean, hopefully, like, Ragnar becomes a good Vizsla in the future as he grows up. But, you know, right now, I mean, you could argue that Paz is really the only good Vizsla. Like, all of the other Vizslas that we have met in canon Star Wars have all kind of been assholes. You know? And it's like, you know, some would argue, well, think about, like, how he was treating Din in the Book of Boba Fett episodes. And, and here's the thing. is like, yeah, maybe he was a little bit of a jerk. But, like, when you look at it from his perspective, like, the Darksaber has been a part of his family for generations and generations, and when he sees that Din has it, 
I can understand that frustration. Like, he probably thought the Darksaber was lost. And now he's seeing him have it. And then he learns that he's an apostate. Like, from a certain point of view. I mean, I don't agree with it. But from a certain point of view, I understand. You know, and there's never really been a thing in the show that points to Paz is a villain. And then, you know, this episode comes around and just... You know, he's finally coming around with Din and Bo. And, like, you know, like, they help him save his son. Like, you know, I think the thing that really turned Paz around is the fact that when everybody else was kind of like, oh, well, Ragnar's gone, you know, just like all the other kids. Oh, well. You know, Bo is like, nah, I'm fucking doing this, bitch. You know? And I think that's what really pulled Paz around, especially since they were successful, too. You know, um, so I don't know. Like, I really love what you know. Everybody involved with bringing Paz Vizsla to to life, you know. I, I just thought he was a great character, and I don't know that I exactly like the way that he went out. Meaning. Not the final moments where he's get where he gets killed by the Praetorian guards. Like that's fine, but you know I've already seen some other people say this on Twitter, and I watched uh, a, a reaction on YouTube, and I and I, and I kind of agree. Um, you telling me that you couldn't have kept shooting and walk backwards when Bo was like, "Hey, keep coming." You telling me that you couldn't keep walking backwards and shooting? And get yourself the fuck out of there. You didn't have to smash the door closed and trap yourself inside. I think from a story, I think they just wanted him to die. And I think they wanted his death to mean something. And they kind of did it in a little bit of a sloppy way. I think if they just really wanted to kill off Paz Vizsla, I feel like there would have been a better way to do it. But that's just something to keep in the back of your mind. That being said, um, I knew he was going to die the second the door closed. I knew he wasn't going to make it out of there. And so I had already braced myself, you know. Um, But there was something about the way his body fell and hit the floor. And that that shot where the camera just lingers on on his dead body, basically... That, man, it hit me emotionally. You know, it be, being the sentimental person that I am. And it's crazy because, you know, they're, they're fictional characters. They're not even real people. But, you know, I think about Ragnar, you know, and finding out that his dad is dead. You know? Um, you know, if nothing else, I think the Empire has uh, secured... Ragnar's hatred for the Empire um you know uh I think he will probably always want revenge for his for his father's death you know um maybe you know um but yeah just it hit me it really just hit me emotionally I just had to sit here and just have a little cry for a second. And I did. I cried. Out of both eyes. I just tears streaming. 
Um, it just really was just one of those things I was not expecting. I was not expecting Paz Vizsla to go out. Uh, at least not in this season. You know, I mean, I was really hoping that I was wrong. You know, um, I was expecting if he died, it would be in the finale. Which means if they're killing Paz off in the next to last episode, next week is going to be batshit crazy. You realize that, right? The finale is going to be batshit. And I'm all here for it. Um, yeah. I just, this was a phenomenal episode. And I honestly think this is one of the best pieces of Star Wars that we've ever gotten. I think this episode is right there up there with the finale of season two and with Luke and, and all of that. Like, this is peak Star Wars, what I think about it. Uh, just the visuals, the, I mean, the special effects. I mean, for, for them using the, the, what do they call it? You know, the dome, the thing that they film in. I can't think of the name of it. Excuse me. You know, for them using it, they did a really good job at hiding it this episode. You know, um, I feel like in a lot of episodes, you really, even though they try to hide it, you can, you can still kind of tell that, that, you know, that they're using it. But, and, and not, not in a way where it like, you know, takes you out of the episode or anything like that. You know, at least not for me, but, but they don't, they don't always do a good job of hiding it. In this episode, I felt like they did a really good job of really making it look like Mandalore is a real planet. And, um, just the special effects were great in this episode. And the music, like, I know a lot of people are disappointed because Ludwig hasn't done this season, but I think, I can't remember the name composer, but I think he's done a fantastic job. Uh, so, look, call me a Disney shill, whatever, but this is a 10 out of 10 episode for me. Like, I love this episode, and I know on future watches this is going to hit me just as emotionally as it did uh, initially. Um, such a good episode. And I am so curious on what's going to happen in the finale. Jesus Christ. Because we got fucking Thrawn. I mean, we all knew Thrawn was coming because of Ahsoka, but they name-dropped Thrawn, guys. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm so excited for what's to come. So excited. And, you know, I've never read the original Timothy Zahn Thrawn books, Heir to the Empire, and um, the other two. I can't remember the name of the other two. Um, but now I really want to read them. Just so that I have an idea of what they might do. Uh, but, yeah, I am so excited. So, Thanks for listening. I wasn't expecting this to be 20 minutes, but, you know, here we are. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Peace out.